is good and all the time our God is good. Hallelujah. Okay, brothers and my sisters, it's a pleasure to bring God's word to you this wonderful Sunday morning. And if you don't mind, in our usual manner, let's just bow down our heads even as we pray. Everlasting Father God in heaven, I thank you for the privilege to speak your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. Your word is transformational. And therefore, Lord, O oh God in heaven, even as I speak, O oh God, Lord, empty me of self. But Lord, may every hearer be blessed and their lives be changed in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of the living God, I ask that I will not speak of myself, but Lord, you will speak through me. And that your name be glorified in Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, for those who are writing... Um, all throughout the month of October, we have been examining and exploring God's mind as it relates to the subject of double portions. Hallelujah. And our anchor text has always been um, from Isaiah 61 from verses 1 to 7. And God be the glory, we are concluding this series. And the title of my sermon is, My Will for You is Double Portion. Hallelujah. Or you can paraphrase and say, double portion is God's will for me. Hallelujah. Uh, for those who are watching via Facebook, just write that uh, let that be your confession this Sunday morning and just type in the caption box saying, double portion is God's will for me. Hallelujah. Double portion is God's will for me. And we will carry on from the anchor text from the book of Isaiah chapter 61 from verses 1 to 7. The book of Isaiah, chapter 61 from verses 1 to 7. And I read, and it says, this was prophet Isaiah by the Spirit of the Lord prophesying and speaking about Jesus. Hallelujah. The entirety of scripture speaks about Jesus. And so the question you'd want to be asking yourself this morning, where do I see Jesus in this passage that I'm reading? And I start here and it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the suffering and the afflicted. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce liberty to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor to them has come. Hallelujah. I say amen on your behalf and I say amen on my behalf because all throughout this year, like I said, some people are, you know, um, ironically, just to pause there a bit, ironically, I saw on, 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 the, on the internet last week, sorry, yesterday rather, and someone said, oh, the clock goes back an hour today. And someone put on the caption there and said, I've had enough of 2020 already. I don't need an extra hour in 2020. Praise God. Because the reality of it is for many, it has been tragic. For many, it has been heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, tormenting, and even um, saddening to say. But you know, the reality of it is here. God is saying in the verse 2 of Isaiah, he says, He has sent Jesus to tell those who mourn 
that the time of God's to favor them has come and the day of his wrath to their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness. For God has planted them like strong, graceful oaks for his own glory. And the verse 4, it says, And they shall rebuild. The essence of our salvation is captured in this verse 4. The, rea the, the reality of the reason why Jesus came. He did not just come for you and I to be saved, but he came that by virtue of our salvation, we receive an assignment. And that assignment is captured in verse 4. And it says, And they shall rebuild ancient ruins. Repairing cities long ago destroyed, reviving them, though delaying there many generations. It says, foreigners shall be your servants. They shall feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You shall be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You shall be fed with the treasures of the nations and shall glory in their riches. Now, the verse 7 says, instead of shame and dishonor, you shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. Hallelujah. Instead of shame and dishonor, you shall have a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. I don't know if anybody amongst those that are watching here that is your desire that, Lord, I need everlasting joy. Lord, I need your prosperity. Oftentimes, we limit the prosperity of God to only finances. But God is too big to be limited only in the area of finance. Hallelujah. Because if finance was all there is to property, what do you say to a billionaire who is health challenged? What do you say to a billionaire whose marriage is going to hit the rocks? Hallelujah. And so you realize that prosperity in God's agenda is everything that will capture in your life such that you would have no choice but to raise your hands in thanksgiving and say, Lord, you are good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so when we're saying that the subject for today's teaching is God's, or rather double portion is God's will for me. Hallelujah. Double portion is God's will for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's start digging into the facts. Praise the Lord. Now, there is a universal truth. Assuming I was going to have the conversation with people and I said that it is generally believed that God is omnipotent. Praise God. Is one thing that you and I will generally agree when we're talking about the nature of God. If we're to have... Um, a question and answer session and I was going to ask the question what are the attributes of God this God that you and I claim to know what are the attributes of this God one of the attributes that I'm almost certain that I will receive is that God is omnipotent in other words God is all-powerful praise God God is all-powerful there is nothing too impossible for him to do after all Luke 137 tells us that with God it is that with men it may be impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. 
We are quick to believe that. We are quick to confess that. Hallelujah. After all, Psalm 62 verse 11, the psalmist was saying here that God has spoken once. Twice have I heard that all power belongs to God. Praise the Lord. In other words, that is a truth that you and I totally agree, undisputed. Praise the Lord. However, when we begin to examine the promises of God, if this all-powerful God, all-sufficient God, his intentions for me is good, but the question now is, how then do you and I fit into the promises of God? Praise God. Because the challenge would always be, where do I fit into the promises of God? Do I fit into his picture for his promises? Hallelujah. Do I fit into the picture of his promises? In other words, do I see myself the way God sees me? Remember, we are talking about the aspect of double portion and it being God's will for me and for you that is watching me. Praise God. Because until we are able to fully grasp, until we are able to receive God's mind for us, we live a limited life and we are shortchanging the essence of why Christ came to die for you and I. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we see here that one of the greatest challenges that we have as believers or as Christians or even human beings is the fact that we know God's promises. We confess his promises. But the reality of it is that the challenge has always been how then can we walk in the reality of these promises? And the greatest challenge that I've come to realize is that it's in the mind, praise God. But however, we must realize that restoration, when we are talking about the aspect of restoration. Restoration is God's very idea for you and I. Praise God. Oftentimes, I will always say, and that is my greatest prayer, and I believe that should be the earnest prayer of anybody who wants to be serious with God. And that prayer is simple. That Lord, help me understand how much you love me. Praise God. Because the greatest revelation anybody can have the greatest revelation anybody can receive of God is not about how to receive healing. No, that revelation is good. It's not about how to have all your needs met. That's fantastic. It's not even about how to enjoy protection in a pandemic. That's fantastic. It is how much does God love me? Because if you truly, if we truly walk in the understanding of how much God loves you and I, then we will not find it hard to believe anything he says. Praise God. Because everything, every promise of God is predicated on how much he loves us. Praise God. And that is why John 3 verse 16, the, the apostle John was saying that for God so loved the world. For God so loved you and I, and the proof of love is sacrifice. Praise God. I'll say it again, that the proof of love is sacrifice. Praise God. Because many a times we pay lip service to love. Praise God. We pay lip service to love. And oftentimes you will see people say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But the question is, at what extent or what are you willing to sacrifice 
to validate that love. Because until sacrifice is introduced to the equation of love, it is not love. The Bible says that for God so loved you and I in our downtrodden state, in our sinful circumstance, he gave his only begotten son, only, only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. And so when we understand how much God loves us, then we begin to realize that restoration, restoration is very much on the agenda of God. And that is why the anchor text that we read, the Bible says in Isaiah 61 from verses 1 to 3, it says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The reason Jesus came was to bring good news to those who are suffering, to those who are afflicted. He says he has sent me to comfort those who are heartbroken, to announce liberty to those who are captives and to open the eyes of the blind. Not physical blindness to say, but those who are blinded to the things God has in store for them. And that is my earnest prayer, that in the course of today's service, the scales of tradition, the scales of historical experiences will fall off our eyes and we would behold Jesus in his glory where we are able to understand the things he has prepared for you and I for only then are we able to walk in the reality of his promises hallelujah and I say it again that the greatest thing that we can pray for is for God to open our eyes to the extent he loves us praise God you know I often learned that if you want to know how much a lion loves the lioness. Do what you can to touch the lioness and you would see how much you have aroused the wrath of a lion. And the reality of it is the same is with God because the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah that I have loved you with an everlasting love. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, it says, what can separate us from the love of God? Hallelujah. What can separate us from the love of God? Not, not angels, nor demons, nor principalities. Nothing can separate. You know, God loves you. I, I mean, perhaps someone is watching me this morning and you've ever questioned because people have disappointed you. People have let you down. People have, um, people whom you expect to have shown you love, have thrown the love you've given them right on your face. I want to tell you this. There is a greatest lover of them all and his name is Jesus because he loves you even in the state that you are currently in, that God loves you. I want you to personalize and say, God loves me. Praise God. I want you to personalize it again and say, God loves me. That's most something we must build into our consciousness that Jesus loves me. Praise God. Because that is the reality that when we are talking about the angle of double portion, then you are no longer questioning if it's truly God's intention for me. Because when you read that Isaiah 61 from verses 1 to 7, then you begin to see that the reason Jesus came in the first place is to restore us to the place where we have an unhindered fellowship with the Father.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so say it again that God loves me. God loves me. Hallelujah. For restoration is God's agenda. But the question is, what then is the problem? Why aren't we walking in the reality of this double portion? And like I said earlier, that the answer to that question would be, is our mind, the state of our mind, because what repentance means, repentance simply means to change your mind. Praise God. To change your mind or your mindset regarding a particular matter. Praise the Lord. Because only then are we able to fully grasp. And that is why one of the things that Jesus did when he recruited his disciples was to first and foremost begin to debunk everything, every paradigm they held so strong in their mind. Because the Bible says here, read with me to the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 2. The Paul was, Apostle Paul was saying in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That it is only a renewed mind that may be able to prove what is that good, what is that acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the greatest tricks the enemy tries to use to rob us of God's blessings for us is the fact that whenever you read a promise in God's word, he reminds you of the times you let God down. Praise God. And so for that reason, you begin to question, do I really deserve this thing God is saying in the scripture? But the reality of it is Apostle Paul laid rest to that statement and he said, what can separate you from the love of God? Hallelujah. You know, by the grace of God, I'm very privileged to have at least have an understanding of how much God loves me. And the reason why I say that I have that privilege is because I had a loving biological father. Praise God. I had a loving biological father. You know, a particular incident happened when I was in university. The standard practice of my father was every time we were going back to uni, he would call us and say, you know what, here is your pocket money, here is your pocket money, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. And so my dad dropped me off at the university on a Friday. And so it so happened that he was going by the uni on a Monday and he decided to stop and see me again. Now, when my dad came to see me again, I did not expect that he would give me anything. Now, the reason for me not expecting anything was because, after all, he had given me something before. I mean, I only just saw him less than three days prior. But when my dad was leaving, he gave me money again. And I was wondering, but daddy, you gave me money last week. And he said... It's a principle of his that he must never see us without giving us something. Now, if the Bible says in Matthew 7 verse 11, that if you evil men know how to give good gifts, how much more of your father who is in heaven? Now, what I'm trying to capture here is this. When God is talking about the double portion, 
it is not predicated on whether you have been a good boy or whether you have been a good girl. Hallelujah. In other words, you may have made mistakes, but the very reason or the very idea of God's double portion is to prove to you, and that is why I said that it is highly relevant that the greatest prayer we can ever pray is to say, Lord, open my eyes to understand how much you love me. And that is why in the book of Ephesians, Paul was saying that I pray that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may be able to comprehend the height, you know, the length, the width, the breadth of God's love for you and I. Praise God. Because only then are we able to shut the devil up when he begins to make a reminder of why we don't qualify for God's promises. Praise God. Because only a renewed mind. And that is why Paul was saying in this passage, in Romans 12 verse 2, it says what? And be ye transformed by the renewing. Renewing is a continuous exercise. Hallelujah. And why is this continuous? Is because if we allow the things of this world to influence how we deal with God, we would always miss out on the things of God. I'll say that again. If we allow the things of this world to influence how we see God, we would miss out on the things of God because it only takes a renewed mind to prove what God has in store for them. And he says that by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, what is that acceptable, perfect will of God. And I say to you again, double portion is God's will for you and for me. Praise God. And so when we talk about double portion, what then do we mean? Praise God. When we talk about double portion, what then do we mean? Hallelujah. Okay? Just to even digress a bit. You know, the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 17. It was talking about Jesus. It was talking about the firstborn, rather. And now... Moses, in that passage, was given the of Israel an instruction. And he says, if a man has two wives, if a man has two wives, the one he loves and the one that he does not love, okay? And he says, if the one he does not love was the first one to bear him a son, he says that the first son must be the one of the unloved woman. And for being the first son, the first son is entitled to the double portion of the man's estate. Praise God. I'm going somewhere to prove to you why you that is watching me is qualified for the double portions of God. Hallelujah. Um, it wasn't in my notes here, but I felt it necessary to be able to lay to rest everything that you may have been doubting to disqualify yourself from the why the reason why God should pay attention to you. Praise God. And so in that passage, Deuteronomy 21 verse 17, it was saying that the double portion must be to the first son. I'm going somewhere. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn. Hallelujah. Jesus is the firstborn. 
And now when you read the book of Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says that what? Or let me even say 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. A very popular scripture that we read. It says, if any man be in what? In Christ. Hallelujah. If any man be in Christ. In other words, the reason why you qualify for the double portion is because your life is in Christ. Hallelujah. The reason why you and I qualify for double portion is because we as Christ are the firstborn. Hallelujah. Because my life is in Christ and Christ is the firstborn, everything that is attributed to Christ, I am also entitled to the same. That is why Ephesians chapter 1 says, verse 3, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and we are seated in that same heavenly place with who? Christ Jesus. Praise God. And it's my earnest prayer that in the course of this service, God begins to open our minds to embrace this reality. Because it's only by so doing that we are able to enjoy the things that God has in store for you and I. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Chapter 2 verse 14. Talking about the renewed mind. It says, but the natural man, and this is why it is highly relevant that our mind are renewed in the things of God. It says, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, when we are talking about God's mind for you and I, only a renewed mind only a renewed mind can comprehend the agenda of God. Look at the amplified version here. It says here that, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. And it says here that the natural man, who is the natural man here? It says the unbelieving man does not accept the teachings and the revelations of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness, absurd, illogical. When you're saying illogical, you're wondering, but God, I have made so many mistakes. How can I be the one who qualifies for this blessing? That is the very nature of God because it says, even if evil men know how to give good gifts, talk much more of God. Hallelujah. And it says here that... And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. I'll give you a, a classical example to see how much God loves. Because the man, God does not deal with us the way we do. There was this lady in school when I was in university, right? Um, she lived a very wayward life. I don't want to go into the details, but she lived a very wayward life. Now, whoever saw that lady would say, there is nothing good that can come out of this lady. After all, if we are talking about those who God would bless, she is not on that list. After all, she has messed up herself. And so, who would even have time to look at her? Who would even have time to even propose to say she wants to get married? But guess what? 
This was the lady who has a happy home today. Her children are doing well. And you're wondering, but Lord, how can this thing be? She has lived a reckless life. I'm not encouraging recklessness. Don't get me wrong. Because the Bible said that shall we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to abide? The reality of it is God says that the days of ignorance I will pardon. Hallelujah. And that's why when you come into Christ, you are a new creature. He doesn't deal with us on account of the things that we have done in the past. It's only the devil who reminds us of our past. But like someone said, when the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because his future is that he would be in an eternal lake of fire. Hallelujah. And so when you look at how God deals with people, God does not take your past into account. That is not in the nature of God because the Bible says that what? Where there is love, love holds no record of any wrong. When you truly love someone, everything that they may have done in the past is erased. And that is what God is willing to introduce to you and I. To show you and I that we are the very ones who qualify for this double portion. Hallelujah. Okay? And he said that only a renewed mind can comprehend the promises of God. And this is why it's highly important that our minds are renewed. And what does that renewal of mind mean? Your mind begins to abandon the old way of seeing things. That you're willing to drop your preconceptions, your preconceived notions, and to embrace the things that what God says. That if God says it in his word, then I believe it, and that settles it. Hallelujah. Now, the second thing that I believe that would ensure that you and I are able to bring us to a point where we are able to enjoy the double portions of God is our ability to confess the word of God. Hallelujah. Anything you believe and you don't confess, you don't truly believe it. I'll say it again. If you truly believe something, you will confess it. Hallelujah. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 10. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. That is why I dare say that it is highly important that you and I always confess what we believe. Apostle Paul says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, I believe, he says, let us therefore hold fast to our confessions for which there is a great recompense of reward. Hallelujah. That is why you must confess it daily, even in the face of adversity. A classical example is in the days that we live in. Praise the Lord. The pandemic, I believe, has set so much fear in the heart of people. And for those of us who are Nigerians or come from Africa, and your nation is in chaos, and you're wondering, but God, where are you in all this? It is time to confess the word of God. Because if you truly believe what God has said, your mouth must correspond with what you believe. Hallelujah. You must be willing to open your mouth to say what you believe. Perhaps it's in your health. So long as you believe that Jesus is the Jehovah Rapha, your mouth must begin to speak such because only then are you able to walk in the reality of that promise. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And lastly, lastly, for us to be able to walk in the reality of a double portion, you must be willing to wait. Hallelujah. You must be willing to wait. You know, um, I, I, I recall vividly the very first sermon preached by um, our brother, Dr. Adishola. He was talking about the essence of persistence, dogged resistance that no matter what, I will hold on to the promise of God for I know him whom I have believed. Hallelujah. Now look at and a very interesting scripture. Okay, it's a very popular passage that we know of. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 10, God had told Elijah to tell Elisha that he is about to depart. Praise God. And Elijah asked Elisha, what would you have me do for you? And Elisha said, Master, I want a double portion of what you carry. Praise God. I want a double portion of what you carry. Hallelujah. And that's why I love this Second Kings 10 verse 10. And look at the response he said. He said, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Hallelujah. But he says what? Nevertheless, nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. My brother and my sister, how much are you willing to wait on the promises of God? How much are you willing to wait to see that which God has promised? Because the reality of it is, if you truly believe in what God has said, then a matter of when is not an issue. I'll say it again. If you truly believe what God has promised, the question of when is no longer an issue. Because the Bible says, regarding Abraham, who is our template for faith, it says that even though he did not consider the deadness of his body, neither that of Sarah's womb, yet he was giving God glory. For he who promised is surely faithful to fulfill on his promises. My brother and my sister that are watching me this morning, God's double portion is not in question because the Bible makes us understand that his promises are yea and amen. But if there is anything that will rob us of walking in the reality of this double portion, it will be an unrenewed mind. It would be a confession of faith in what we don't believe. And it would be our inability not to wait on God. And so my encouragement to you and I this morning is this. Hold fast to the promises of God. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, and this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate upon it day and night. You know, what we focus on is what is magnified in our eyes. And therefore, if we are able to behold his face as with the glory of the Lord, the Bible said that the resultant effect of beholding his glory is that what we are being changed from glory unto glory. The word of God is a mirror. 
And until we begin to constantly look on it, we will not reflect the promises of God. And so my encouragement to you and I, even this season that we are in, if there is any better time to focus on the promises of God, that time is yesterday. Because today is that day that we can even focus on it and begin to receive the things that God has said. Therefore, what am I trying to say that is yesterday? In other words, what we could have done today, God is giving, yesterday rather, God is giving us the privilege again to do it today. So, it's even of necessity, of importance, that we begin to focus on the promises of God. Because, like I said earlier, double portion is God's very much agenda for you. And so, this is a, a word of encouragement for those who may have lost one thing or the other. Perhaps you may have lost your job. Perhaps you may have lost a loved one. Perhaps you may have lost something or the other, your peace, your joy, whatever it may be. God is saying, I am willing to give you double. For he said, for your shame and dishonor, I will give you what? A double portion and everlasting joy shall be their portion. I pray this has blessed you. But the reality of it is, even as I conclude, you would not enjoy a double portion except your life is in Christ. And what does it mean to be in Christ? For you to make Jesus your Lord and your personal Savior. And so perhaps you're one of those people who would want to, perhaps you have lived with Christ for a while and you have gone to do your own thing and you want to even rededicate your life to Jesus. Or perhaps you have not even accepted him before and you want to make him the Lord of your life. Why don't you say this prayer with me and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died on the cross of Calvary for me. And on the third day, you rose again. I confess my sins before you. And I ask that you please forgive me. Cleanse me by your blood. Even as I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. If you have said that prayer with me this morning, allow me to say, welcome to the family of faith. There is no greater family than to, than to be in the family of God. And I pray that from now on, you would walk in the reality of a double portion. That God's promises will no longer be a mirage, but a reality in your life. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, amen.